you are a product of your surrounding essentially. You're not, you don't get to be you until you've broken the barrier between the camera, you've broken the barrier between what you actually want to talk about, and you start to kind of create your own influence. Okay, we're recording. Yes, we do have a new episode of Creator Secrets right here, right now. I know I let you guys down a little bit um, the past months with these episodes, but today I'm making it up to you because we have another banger of an episode. Today I'm talking with my friend Chris Meets Chris. Yes, that's his Instagram handle at Chris Meets Chris. You can find that in the description of this episode as well. But we're talking about vlogging. So I thought to myself, why don't we share this experience and share some insights of what daily vlogging or almost daily vlogging is like. Also a little note here, we had some issues with audio, like a lot of issues. Um, we recorded this on Zoom, we recorded it on Skype, and it both gave out, I think, three or four times during the interview. I hope you can forgive me for not having top-notch quality this time. Now, if you do like these episodes, it would mean the world to me if you could just give it a star review. Just drop some if you're into it, and I will be forever grateful. Hit it. And I'm never looking back. So, Chris, who is Chris in the first place? This, this is always this is the funniest question because it, it's it's such a simple question, but we all have such a hard time answering it, and I still haven't found a good answer. But um, essentially, my dad was born in Canada, but after that, his whole line goes straight straight to Greece, Sparta, to be exact. And uh, my mom was born in Jamaica. Her family is from Lebanon and they met in Vancouver. Along came me. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what I am yet. I'm a creator on YouTube. I was once a coffee professional. I still have a coffee shop in Vancouver. And um, I'm what you call one of those people who's just a phased person. Like I, I, my mind starts to go to a different industry or a different thing and I just, immerse myself in whatever is interesting to me and uh i that leads me to to tom's odyssey <laughs> <laughs> so so good yeah. you have a very diverse background not only from your lineage but um you got into this with the coffee shop and then now you're doing youtube how did you get into this and and what are the the big crossroads that took you to this place it it really started with just enjoying something like, like really diving into something that seems mundane or very uh, obvious or just, just something that we do every day, but being able to take something like that and really explore like what makes this thing um, like, why, why do people drink coffee? Like how, why is it important to make like to take care of how you make it? And like, once you start getting going down that rabbit hole in any industry and you start to like, get the finer workings like those things start to spill over into into everything that you do that eventually led into photography i actually had a customer who would come in all the time and he was shooting film and just his images were so awesome and he was always out shooting and then my dad ended up becoming good friends with him getting into photography and then naturally when your parents do something or people who are close to you do something you you want to start doing it so I started uh, shooting film and then that led into getting really involved in photography. How long was that ago? Like the film shooting? This, 
So I was shooting film probably, man, the older you get, the time just, just fades. Like I always think it's two years ago, but it was really more like eight years ago. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just to get like yeah. a, a six, time six frame. to eight years yeah. ago. So six to eight years ago, I started shooting film and I got really into street photography. Uh, like I was obsessed with like Cartier, Bichon, uh, Cartier, Bresson, uh, Bruce Gilden, Gary Winogrand, like all, all those guys. Like with, with somebody who constantly is um, over, like obsessed with things, I, I get bored very fast too. But something about a camera and I never get bored of it because it's really not about the camera. It's about what you pointed at. I will get bored of certain subject matter, but there's always something to shoot. And I think that's why cameras and stuff have always been it's, it's uh, the thing that yeah. stuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually good to know because I think most creatives, like they're specifically a subset of creatives who are like that. I know for myself, like I also get bored easily just because I want to learn a lot. And the yeah. moment I stop learning something within, for example, uh, it used to be like, which lens do you use? And then you know what lens to use, you start on to the next thing. So then it's, I don't know, audio and then comes lighting. But then you don't care that much about the other stuff anymore because you just need something new. The, the new yeah. feeliacs of this, this lifetime. But as well with the video, it's just stories are everywhere. Whatever, wherever you look, you can see a story, I think. And, and if you don't have something to tell, like, I mean, that's on you. Yeah. It, it, there's nobody to blame but yourself. So it's like, if you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, well, you don't want to, you essentially don't want to, like, you don't want to live. Like, you don't want to share stories and, and share experiences. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So actually a, a pretty nice segue into the next part is actually what this whole podcast is going to be about is like the vlogging section. Uh, also, by the way, guys, if you hear an occasional, uh, we're drinking coffee. I didn't put it in the, <laughs> in the podcast yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, or drinking there's, ramen. there's yeah. no way we cannot do a podcast like this with a person who comes from a coffee family. But yeah. That's enough about that. Chris, can you tell me a little bit more? why you did start vlogging in the first place. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. Uh, after you watch about a billion Peter McKinnon, Matty Hapoya, Potato Jet, Casey Neistat videos, you get to a point where you're either like, I've spent way too much time watching these guys or I need to do this myself. Like I can do this too. If I have so much enjoy enjoyment watching this, why, why should I not try it? For me, it was like, again, it was that it was that that obsessive mindset of watching this thing and going, I think I could do that. And it looks like a lot of fun. Um, little did I know that it was not going to be fun at the beginning, but I, I can say now it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> how how far um, so, along are you, by the way, in the podcast, uh, in the, not the podcast, in the vlog? <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I think I have over th over 40 videos now, maybe yeah. 50. OK. Um, and I really, I started YouTube like a year ago, but I think I did five videos in the year. Actually, you know what kind of started YouTube again was, I, I was hanging out with a guy named uh, Big Head Taco, or named Takekayo, who's Big Head Taco, uh, huge like Fuji guy and camera, camera guy, kind of a camera legend in Vancouver. Yeah, I started doing little, little videos with him and reviews. When I got the Narbox, actually after watching your video, that was when I really started to be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, go harder on YouTube. 
then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And we're all sitting at home. And I was like, if I'm going to try this, if I'm going to try giving YouTube a run, then there's no better time than right now to do this. Everyone's sitting at home looking for content to consume. And I'm also sitting at home. And if I don't do something, I'm going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how the, the vlogs began. And then it was the other thing with, it turned from like kind of vlogging to daily vlogging because generally for something to work for me, I have to be doing it every day or I just, I don't. Essentially the pandemic started the vlogging. <laughs> I know how much it takes for me to just make one video and then you're doing that on a fucking iPad. Yeah, that's <laughs> Unluma Fusion. <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I, I just need to talk to that guy. You're 50 episodes in, somewhat around 50. Are there some trends that you're seeing, like things that you learn from vlogging in general, things that you're noticing, like not necessarily only about filmmaking or stuff like that, but like really things that you see that are changing the way you look at things to changing your mindset about things? The main thing about daily vlogging as opposed to making making a video um, on any given day, is you have to, there's, if you're a perfectionist, daily vlogging will kill that. <laughs> and um, and I, I, I generally am a perfectionist, but that, that has been to my own detriment. You've gotta shoot something that's worth editing. <laughs> you've gotta shoot something, and then you have to edit it, and then you've gotta send it every single day. That's, that's a really good exercise. If you're gonna spend time recording something, you better have a way to use that footage because not only are you not gonna be able to take to it, it, it might be the bulk of your video. And if you can't come up with a creative way to use that footage that you shot, then you might not have a video that day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you, you always, you do need to know when to cut something, but that kind of comes more with when you start doing it, if it's not going well right away, and you know that you're gonna run into problems with that, it, there's a time to pull the cord and there's a time to be like, okay, I recorded this. I've gotta come up with a creative way that might not be linear to what we're normally seeing mm-hmm. uh, to be able to, to get that vlog out and make it interesting. Do you feel like your creative juices are running a lot more <laughs> towards just a few few months ago before the pandemic? Or you're like, just this is just now a normal state of mind and it's just what I do now? It's, I mean, I've missed a few days uh, here and there mm-hmm. um, for, for a number of reasons. Ultimately, it all boils down to excuses. Uh, there's, there's, there's good excuses and there's bad excuses, but the same thing, or the thing about excuses is that they are that, they're excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, creatively, I would say I'm... I'm probably a lot more, there's a, there's, a, there's a closer connect between being able to see something and being able to figure out how to, how to show that on a camera. Mm-hmm. And there's, that, that definitely is a result of, of the pandemic and, and doing the vlogs every single day. Yeah. Like my, my workflows and everything have changed. Even though I feel like I've leveled, leveled out again, it's, it's at a higher level than I was before. Um, I think one thing with creativity that maybe it's just me, but I, I'm sure it's it's everyone, is it doesn't matter how much you do, if you stop for just a few days, it's kind of like going to the gym. You you lose that uh, that 
you you have to almost start from scratch again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't lose everything that you did before, but that those first couple videos back or those first couple um, creative projects back, like there, it, it's almost like a tune-up project again. If you miss your uh, your routine, then you 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 have to start again. Yeah, you, you get back to where you were faster, but you you. You have to start again. There's this thing from, I don't know if you know Chase Jarvis. In the, in the book, he goes over that creativity is like a, a muscle. You have to practice that every day to make it, well, more lenient. And, and like you said, you, you don't need that extra time to get back into the groove. Because the more you take to get into that groove, the more time you're wasting, and the more you're feeling down that it's not working, and then you don't get into that creative flow. And just with how the brain works is that if it's a habit, you don't spend that much energy making that decision. Your mind is just so used to that. Okay, it's, this pathway is going to be a good pathway, and it just happens naturally. I can read about that in a book. But it's always nice to hear that from other people who are actually doing that. Totally. I just don't always feel like I have something to, to say every day. I think that's a little bit going into the next part of these questions. It's like, how do you come up with a topic <laughs> to talk about every day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm curious actually to hear your thoughts. Do you think that I have something different to say every day when you're watching it? <laughs> Well, I think when people watch a vlog, it's like uh, that little part of an escape from your day. So you don't really go in there thinking like, oh, that's what he's going to be talking about. You just put on the video and your mind turns off and it just watches whatever is going on. And if it's an interesting vlog, you're going to watch the whole vlog. If it's it's somebody you don't know and you don't know what he's talking about you're like okay who's this dude and what is he talking about maybe you just watch it but you didn't comprehend anything you're just zoned out or you just skip to another video there's this video from sarah dici where she says should you be vlogging and which is actually a good frame of mind is like do you have something to say yes or no if you don't have anything to say then don't start vlogging because you're not going to be able to come up with ideas every day. Like just look at Casey Neistat. I think he was really good at making his day, making a story about that day. Even though that day might not been really, really interesting, then he would come up with a different story, maybe something completely not related to that day, but he had a story to tell. He's a master storyteller. So how do you go about when you really don't know what to talk about for that day? So. I think, um, I mean, obviously perception is, is so hard when you're creating the video because a lot of times I finish and I go like, is anybody gonna watch, like, does anybody care about this? Mm-hmm. And and like, not only that, it's like, do I even, do I even care about this? Like I just spent, like you get desensitized to your own face and your own voice and your own self doing things. But then you remember, I mean, well, what I remember anyway is that I always find somebody else's life interesting, even the normal things they do, um, especially when they frame it in a certain way. Like if it's fast paced and like things are happening, I'm always interested just in what somebody else's. It's kind of like when you travel, you look around and you're like, this is amazing. Like, like it's so easy to make content here. You should you should have that mindset for your own work in your own hometown that somebody somewhere watching thinks that where you live is the coolest place ever. 
And uh, I guess with when it comes to what to say, I there's a few times where I I wake up and I'm like, I know what I'm vlogging about today or I go to bed and I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Most of the time, it's me taking my camera, recording little parts throughout my day. But it's usually at the end of the day when I'm in the edit where I'm like, okay, what am I going to highlight from that day? I remember everything I shot pretty much because it's fresh. Mm -hmm. And I can usually pull out some sort of thing, some sort of hook to justify the video, <laughs> if you will. And, and it's exactly like you said, I think with daily vlogging and people, if I say daily vlogging one more time, everyone should take a shot. We should, uh, <laughs> that'll be the, the new thing. A coffee shot. The, uh, <laughs> I'm banking on my audience. They're, they're watching it, especially cause it's, it's every day. They're, they're putting it on while they're doing something else. And like, this is a good um, thing to remember. Like don't fret so much on such little details, especially in daily vlogging. Because it, the reality is, is like you might put so much effort into this one little thing and somebody just resonated with a thought you said two seconds prior to that. And they're talking to their friend now about that while you're putting so much effort into this one little thing that they just completely missed. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not an excuse to produce low content, but just don't, don't take yourself so seriously. Like people are not watching your videos the same way that you are. Yeah. That's actually a really good one. Something that during the pandemic was like an eye opener for me. You know, this app called TikTok, probably. Yeah. 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 So I just started to dabble on there just because I was like, yeah, TikTok, whatever we're going to do. But I also wanted to create something, um, something that wasn't dancing videos and, you know, weird stuff that people do on TikTok slash Vine 2.0. Um, so I just started playing around with old cameras and I didn't give a fuck because I didn't know anybody on the platform. And yeah. just that part of not giving a fuck and just being like, okay, I'm just going to test out how this looks like and how this works. It just got me in such a different creative mindset that I could do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to think, oh, I need to shoot it in this way. Oh, I need to do it in that way. I was excited to do that the day afterwards and just look at how that would do, especially with that plot, the, the algorithm where you have like a gazillion views. I think we, I had a video which was 19K after three hours and you're like, what? And then also like 200 views after two days and you're like, what? Yeah, it's just creative freedom that you get when you're doing something daily and as well when you're not giving a fuck about how it will end up. I think there's a there's a good point to lock on there actually. You kind of touched on it, but it wasn't it definitely was not part of our questions, but I'm just thinking about it right now. And that's a lot of times with um with YouTube and Instagram especially, like the moment you start rolling and like you start picking up and you get a little bit of traction it's great, but at the same time, you feel like you're starting to get cuffed into one one thing, mm -hmm. especially when certain people start to follow you, like people that you know, and mm -hmm. you're like people that you know and respect, who are starting to recognize your work, and you're like, great, now I'm now I'm self conscious about what I'm posting. Yeah, and I think one thing to remember as a creator is that, first of all, that shouldn't matter. I know it, but it does. So we should we should talk about it because it's. These little things, we always say they don't matter, but they, they truly do affect us and we need to, we need to, to talk about it. 
So these creators, a lot of the times they're, they're following you because of your work, not because of what you're going to do. They, they already like it. So you should, you should just remember that if somebody who's important is following you and you start to get self-conscious about it, that person already started following you. So continue to do what you're doing. 100%. Um, but talking about doing what you're doing, can you tell me like what your day looks like from the moment that you start? Um, how does that day continue? And what are all the things that you do? And how do you incorporate vlogging into that? Sometimes, depending on the vlog, it could start immediately. Like it could start right when I wake up, I decide, you know what, I'm going to do like a getting ready sequence. And that would mean that right when I wake up, I look over, I always sleep with my camera right beside the bed. Nice. Because I need to be able to grab it immediately. Um, I don't know. I, I that's always just been something, anything new I get usually, it's always like, right. I want to be able to see it right when I wake up. <laughs> it could start at that point. Sometimes I'll have a, I'll have a coffee in the morning before I start recording and I'll think about the day. A recurring theme that was always in the earlier vlogs was me making coffee. I like a lot of people will say, you're just doing what Peter McKinnon is doing. It's like, yeah, I get it. Peter likes coffee. I like coffee. And I would not be doing that had he not made that popular for sure. But coffee has always been a part of my life. And I was actually making coffee vid videos before I cared about video, just mm -hmm. more as a way to show somebody what we were doing. Not, not anything like, Peter McKinnon's to be yeah I know <laughs> to be fair but these two things kind of came together and the the coffee sequence usually is what I start with because it's a it's it's my warm-up once I once I'm done recording the coffee sequence mm -hmm. now my now I'm ready to go and I can start talking to the camera and that's one thing leads to another when I'm spending a lot of time on my own it's really easy for me to be like okay I just made coffee what am I gonna do today I start vlogging and I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. And then I just start doing those things. Yeah. It's never really premeditated. Talking about the coffee part, there's always that one guy like, yeah. hey, you're copying. And you're like, no. Where I always land with that is I actually want those comments. If somebody <laughs> wants to leave that comment, that's more engagement for us. And uh, at, the, at the end of the day, like, I, if, you, if you truly do care about what people think, you will never succeed in, in this. Definitely. And, it, and it's, 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 not, it's not that you come out of the box being like, I don't care what anyone thinks. It's, it's that you, you have to learn to deal with the negative, the negative comments. And you have to realize that, for one, you're not the most important person in, in the world. To you, you are. But nobody cares what you're doing until they do. I think Casey actually said it best. He's like, he's like everyone is sitting on the Titanic yeah. and you are the iceberg. Yeah. Any good creator is not gonna not gonna tear somebody down for for their work they know what it's like to put yourself on a camera and to record yourself and to to do this they would never ever like put somebody down they might give you good feedback and critique and you need that but they're never gonna be like you're stupid like why are you doing this only only people who have never done it are gonna do that and therefore they don't matter they don't understand what you're doing I think an important thing to remember too is, um, like I would get a lot, especially at the beginning, um, I would actually get people Instagramming me being like, hey, um, I love your videos, but you, you're trying to be too much like Peter McKinnon. 
um, or you're trying to be too much like these other guys. Well, there's this and one thing before you go along is you just yeah, look a yeah. little bit like Peter McKinnon. So <laughs> maybe that's the the way and like you being from Canada, maybe that's the, the point that's coming across. Tom, that's racist. Um, <laughs> it's uh, and I think what I say to those, I always say thank you to those people. And I explain to them that for one, at the beginning, like I'm still very, I'm an infant as far as uh, like the career, uh, YouTube career goes. And these are without a doubt, my biggest uh, influences for starting this. Mm -hmm. And so one, one thing that like the way I learn is by, is by emulating and like copying other people to kind of realize why they do those things in the first place. And, and you don't always do that consciously. You are a product of your surrounding essentially. You're not, you don't get to be you until you've broken the barrier between the camera, you've broken the barrier between what you actually want to talk about, and you start to kind of create your own influence. Before that, it's, it's going to be all of your, like a mixture of all of the things that you've, you've learned and watched. It's actually good to look back at your old footage and have like a higher level for the next one. That, that's how we grow. People like you and me, we just want to go the next level, go further and, mm -hmm. and improve our craft. But then I still have the question after all of that, when the hell do you edit your vlogs? <laughs> so I, I, I've been experimenting with different workflows. Um, at the beginning, sometimes I would, I would shoot like my morning, my morning stuff and then immediately start editing it. Uh, and then I would end up at the end of that timeline going, okay, what's next? <laughs> uh, at the beginning, It was also I, the concept of time through video and real life to me was the same. Yeah. So to me, a daily vlog meant that I would start in the day and it would end in the evening. This is not the case. Like this is where you will have a lot of difficulty doing daily vlogs if this is the way that you're trying to do them. A daily vlog is a portion of the day. Mm -hmm. Or I, I mean, it's whatever you want it. But for me now, it's a, it's, it's a portion of the day. So the last couple of weeks, the way that I've been able to do this is I will shoot kind of between nine and three, nine to five, maybe. Uh, and I will get back to my office at the, at the very end of the day. And that's when I load everything about five, maybe six o'clock. Yeah. Um, I start editing and I used to scrub through all the footage, but now I'm getting to a point where I just import all of it throw it all into the timeline. I know what I shot and what parts I'm going to omit. So I will start editing from at the very end of the day for about two hour, two to three hours straight, I'd say. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm getting way faster at it. At the beginning, it was like <laughs> I'd be spending 16 hours making a daily vlog, like between shooting and editing. It's like 16 hours. That's that's more than a full-time job. That's two full-time jobs. And yeah, just like it really helps you to think about your shots and to shoot a little bit more uh, intentionally. Do you do you do do-overs or is it like one shot mentality? If I don't get the shot, then it doesn't make the cut. I would say it's pretty much like uh, it's it's full on run and gun. Like I, I generally don't take two. It, it kind of also goes back to what we were saying earlier about um, where people watch and where people don't. People aren't going to watch a hundred percent of your video. Uh, even if their intention is to, your mind will come in and out. And mm -hmm. it's, it's like uh, you were saying with 
Matthew uh, Devella's videos, he has certain points that he brings you back. Like these are going to be where I'm going to get you back. And I think that's something that I've taken from from Peter McKinnon and embedded that into my own way is those kind of slow-mo epic B-roll sequences where I know, okay, I'm going to this place. My intention is when I get there, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to spend the most time of my video getting something that looks cool in this location. And that'll be the bulk of bulk of my editing time as well. So before and after that is like, just make sure that you are, are getting people to that point, spend all of your creative energy on that one part. Uh, like really creating something that people are going to be like, oh, wow, that was really cool. Those are the areas that I try and like be like, okay, this, these are the hooks. Um, but you don't, wanna, you don't want them to be too predictable and you don't always want to give them and you don't always want to not give them. It's just, it's finding that balance. Well, you've been doing this for a while now, so you probably will know what I'm talking about. Um, but does vlogging take a toll on you? Like your work-life balance? Do you have a work-life balance anymore, or is the how do you how do you just manage everything like personal life, family life, work life, it's, vlog life? It definitely takes a toll. It like uh, Casey Casey talked about this um, when he was doing his actual like everyday daily vlog. Um, he said it was like taking a huge toll on his life. Um, like it was affecting his marriage at that point. Um, and Mm -hmm. it definitely, I did experience burnout, uh, in the first, like there's, there's, I was like pretty consistent. Uh, I think I was started was taking one day off and I was doing six vlogs a week, I think for almost a month straight. And now, now I'm kind of like three to five. Yeah. The thing that changed was also if I was recording that day, I would record in the morning, record in the afternoon, record in the evening, and then edit everything after that. And they were about ten, eight to ten minute run times. So now I'm, I've changed my my mentality to, I'm trying to stick between four and six minutes. I try and decide, okay, what what part am I going to be vlogging today, and what part am I not? And and if you don't end up having a vlog that day, like let it go. There's always tomorrow, or you can actually take yeah. that footage and use it the next day. Like there's nothing saying that, that even if you're daily vlogging, that it has to be that exact day. It's always gonna be a day behind anyway. No one's gonna be like, that's not yesterday, so I don't wanna watch it. Like, that's, that's not the point. How do you still live your normal day, but record moments that you can put into a video at the same time? Sometimes it's about the video, sometimes it's actually like, okay, I need to not record right now, or I need to record this part, mm-hmm. maybe just a, live. a little bit later. And then if I have to, I can go back and talk about this in a talking head. I can just do a studio shot and use this as B-roll. So there's this question that I have for you, and I don't know if you can answer that already, but is there a vlogging blueprint? Is there a way that you're like, okay, if you do this and this and this, you're gonna come out with at least a decent vlog. Cody Warner, do you ever watch him? He he had a, a video, yeah. the five different types of vlogs. Um, I don't remember what all of them were, but essentially it yeah. was the, um, the, the vulnerability vlog where you're sharing something uh, personal. That tends to be a good blueprint, blueprint for a vlog. There's the mission vlog, 
which is like, we are going to do this. The challenge blog, mm -hmm. can, can I do this in X amount of time or in X whatever? And then I, I can't fully, uh, maybe tutorial. Yeah, and then there was, there was a couple more, it. but the point is, is like these things I found have inadvertently been the storylines. I think eventually people, for vlogging specifically, people watch your vlogs because they like you or they want to see you. Like people that I like, I want to watch them. I'll watch them to talk, review a camera that I have no intention of ever buying. I already know what the camera is, but I want to see them talk about it. I want to see how they're compiling it. And I think it's really important to build that, that audience and to, to connect with the people that you, that are, that are watching. And I, it's kind of a little bit of a sidebar, but this is something that I felt with, uh, with you the first time I, I had commented on your Narbox video. I had watched your videos before and I, I'm pretty sure I was actually like, I, I started following your videos around the original Narbox when you were talking about like Lightroom updates, like you can transfer more than five photos. And, yeah. uh, I'm like, who's this guy? Yeah, like rock, totally walking awesome. around Belgium with your <laughs> skateboard. When I commented on your video and you replied back, first of all, it was the first time I was like, holy crap, like this person's responded to my comment. Like it's not just a brick wall that I'm messaging to all the time. And and then you started uh, looking at my videos and leaving comments on mine and, and you, you went to my first video. That as a creator, especially starting out, to have like that sort of comment from somebody who you've watched and like you already respect it it really encourages mm -hmm. somebody to keep doing what they're doing like i was blown away i'm like no way tom's odyssey is now subscribed to my channel and this is somebody that i look at as like one of one of the pillar youtubers in in me like you were one of my first probably five subscribers do you know what i mean so to have that and to like mm -hmm have somebody recognize my work even when it was a, even more premature than it is now where it wasn't even close to like you can look at that work and be like that person has just begun but they're not even scratching the surface of what they could possibly do like that that can make somebody's day so i've i've definitely taken that approach from from what i felt of you stopping by and commenting and sub subbing to my channel i have I remember how that feels to make sure that I'm doing the same thing to other people who are who are starting their channels and that I'm actually reaching out to people who are watching my videos and 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 who I I'm watching to remember that like the whole point of this is to connect to people to people in mm -hmm. some way. It's social media. Yeah. And if you're not doing that then what's the point really? Like why do you want to why do you want to put up this like personality and then be behind closed doors? That's my, my two cents. <laughs> I don't care if you're Matt Diavella. I don't care if you're Chris. If I don't care whoever is on the other side of the screen. It's not that there's like a number connected to that that should make, you val make, make your value as a person a lot bigger than other people. So that's the first mentality, but as well something that I've, I think, taken from Gary Vee. He said something in one of his vlogs talking about um, Jake Paul <laughs> from All People. Instead of going broad, instead of going like trying to attract new people, just go deep and connect with the audience that you already have. Because the better your connection with your audience, 
the more you will know that what they like to see, the more they know about you and why you make those videos. You build that connection so they will spread your message to other people as well. It's about social media. It's about being social and knowing that you have people watching your work. Then why don't you connect with the people that actually watch your work in the first place? Well, and like you're you're in you're in Belgium right now. I'm in Vancouver. Right. The only reason that we're we're talking right now is Narbox. maybe not the only reason, but but yeah, the Narbox Narbox video. I left a comment. You replied to the comment. Next thing you know, we're doing a podcast together. Like that. That is what social media. I feel like was intended. Yeah. Intended for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just passing that feeling on to the next next creator and you know that you have creators that you see that they're gonna do great things if they have a few nudges along the way like circling back to that thing is it's just so simple to just leave a comment and to have that vibe spreading so why not do that in the first place so talking about that vlogging blueprint I know for myself that I'm not that much of a vlogging person in that I don't feel comfortable with a lot of people around me talking into the camera and mainly because I am not like a native English speaking person. Sometimes you hear that in the podcast as well, like I'm searching for my words. Uh, I do have the feeling like if there's somebody next to me, then I just zone out and I don't find any words left. This is something that even though you are speaking English, like if that's your native tongue, you also have that but it's just it reinforces that for me so i'm like yeah okay i'm not gonna i can do small parts but not big chunks out of day i honestly don't believe that there is a person in this world who is comfortable vlogging in public even when they do it all the time it's like uh i maybe unless you're like i mean certain people are born out of the box with the ability to like be shut everything out and look directly at the camera there's two things that help me overcome that. One is when people look at you like uh, like an idiot mm-hmm. for, for walking around in public. The irony is that maybe for that, for that moment that they see you, they think that you're the idiot. Mm-hmm. But recorded, recorded in history is you talking to the camera and somebody in the background looking at you like this. What? <laughs> going like, they're, they're the ones that look like the fool. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I know what you mean. Like a lot of times, and I, I've heard this from uh, a lot of vloggers, myself included, when you're when you when you don't fully know what you're talking about, or you're you're trying to vlog something, and somebody starts walking walking by, it's the server effect. When when the server comes to drop off the food at the table, it's when all of the conversation goes into, um, you know, you like, and you're you're mm-hmm. you're putting these purposeful stalls in there because you don't want the server to hear what you're talking about yeah and we do the same thing instinctually we're walking and somebody starts looking at us and we see it and immediately we go into this pre-rehearsed patter i still have a fear of of being in a in a fully open public space and and vlogging but there's always certain points like you can go off to a different area or you can go to somewhere where there's like you can mitigate the amount of people Mm -hmm. but one thing that i really try and do and challenge myself is even if you're not going to fully vlog out in public, get one or two lines, just get one or two lines because that helps the story. Mm -hmm. Um, 
a lot of times I will talk in my car and say what I'm going to do or or I'll start to do my 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 vlogging in the car. I'll do like a little sequence, I'll walk and if I see a stretch of no people, I'll start to talk again to the camera and then I'll get to the place. That way in the edit, it, it looks you like can you can go from your car yeah. outside and then maybe you're back in your car or you're somewhere else, but it it gives the um the sense of progression. Yeah. Give some flow to the to the video. And I think I think just one of the strongest things with with good good vloggers is they are able to keep on track with what they're saying in and they're able to do that while being in multiple locations. It's like we're here, we're here, we're here, but I've used five different locations to get through one thought. Yeah. It it keeps things more more interesting. To end this podcast, there's just we ha- we talked about so much stuff and I really like this conversation. There's just one thing that I need from you and that's what the end of every podcast in Creator Secrets is about. And that's what is your secret? What's that one thing that snapped and you were like, okay, so this is this is how I should do it? I think it was just a point that I'm like I'm 29 years old right now. Um, and I think we spend so much time, uh, talking about things, not doing things and kind of wondering, well, what, what would happen if I did this? Or it's, it's even little things like when you ask me to do the podcast, my initial response in my head is no way, because that, that is a general self-defense mechanism of the body the moment we get offered an opportunity that's going to put us on on a stage of some sort we we tend to either embrace that or we run away from it because mm-hmm. it's easy to just run away with it i could be like nah i don't i'm i'm doing my own thing i sorry tom i can't i can't come on this week or come up with a bunch of reasons why all the dates don't work but the one thing that i've been trying to crush over the last uh, couple years is to lean in to those to those insecurities and to actually just like, what is the harm of just doing it? You can only watch so many Casey videos of him saying, what are you waiting for? Why aren't you doing this? Uh, Gary Vee, especially all of these creators that you watch and they all sucked at the beginning. That's the funny part. Everyone sucks at the beginning. So I got tired of, of trying to bypass the road that you need to go down. And I'm like, why, if I don't start right now, all I'm going to do is have to do this in four years, five years, or maybe never. So for me, what was the secret? The secret was just to pull up your big boy pants (laughs) and just start. You're not going to get anywhere if you don't just start. I mean, the secret, I guess, is make sure there's a global pandemic that allows you to sit at home and uh, contemplate everything. what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And then just and then just go for it. So if there's no global pandemic coming your way, then uh, you're out of luck. <laughs> just do it. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> if that's not clear for you, I don't know what would be. Anyway, guys, this has been an amazing talk. There's a lot of stuff that I'm noting down myself uh, for these vlogs that are upcoming once Corona is over. 
I'm just really stoked to get started with this. Chris, thanks so much for being here. And all of you, I just would like to remind you, if you like this episode, um, definitely go give it a star review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on that. The more creators we can reach with this, the better it is. Because after all, Creator Secrets is by and for creators. Okay, now I'm about to to drink a little bit more coffee because I have this whole batch made right here. Definitely need to drink that first. Guys, see you in the next one. Ciao.